in case you didn't realize it, this is a leap year. But what does that mean? Alexander Boxer is a data scientist and author of A Scheme of Heaven, The History of Astrology and the Search for Our Destiny in Data. And he joins us with his thoughts. So it's more than just an extra day. There is actually some kind of you know, plan with adding this day. Definitely. If you were to sit outside in your backyard and measure where the sun crosses due south every day and track that for a year, you would realize that it takes a little bit more than 365 days for it to come back to the same spot in the sky. So the natural orbit of the Earth around the sun isn't a perfect number of days. And so the leap year is our little calendar hack to account for that. Why February? (laughs) Yeah, so the leap year as we know it was instituted way back when by, by none other than Julius Caesar, and uh, he was trying to fix a very broken Roman calendar, and, and uh, February was kind of their rump month at the end of the year. Their original calendar started in March, and so uh, February was, was kind of an unlucky month where uh, a lot of unlucky things happened, and leap years were uh, even back then considered, or any sort of calendar change was considered unlucky. So they, they shoved it into February. It's interesting to think, though, that it didn't used to be February 29th, they repeated February 24th twice. So, what? Uh, what? What? Yes. <laughs> when did it change? And they decided just to add another day. Uh, well, so they always added another day. But uh, it used to be that we used to, at least the Romans and, and a lot of the Middle Ages that followed, had a very, very strange way of numbering the days. They didn't just number them one through 28 or 29. They would count down from the beginning of the next month. And so uh, there was a day, uh, it was called the uh, anti-DM beast sextum of the, of the 1st of March. So I don't know if you've ever heard the phrase, leap years are sometimes called bisextile years, because you had a twice, sixth day before the 1st of March, a very strange way of counting. Uh, at some point, people uh, gave, gave that up and just started counting 1 through 28 and just added 29. That, 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 actually, that change actually didn't happen until kind of later in the, the 1700s is when it was formalized. So what calendar are we using now? You know, Julian calendar, Gregorian calendar, Mayan calendar. Uh, I'm sure they have calendars that are over in the Far East that we've never even heard of. What calendar are we on today? Well, I love calendars. I encourage you to use as many calendars as you want. But the civil world that we live in legally uses the Gregorian calendar. And that's a Julian calendar is named after Julius Caesar. The Gregorian calendar is named after Pope Gregory the 13th in the, in the Renaissance. So the reason that we had to switch calendars is that, as I mentioned, the year is not exactly 365 days. It's more like 365 and a quarter, which is where you get one leap year every four years. But it turns out that that's 11 minutes too long. Now, that, is, that doesn't seem like a big deal, but after a couple thousand years or about 1,500 years, that started to add up. So they uh, came up with a different formula, which is the one we use today, where instead of having one leap year every four years, or in other words, 100 leap years every 400 years, they knocked three out. We have 97 leap years every 400 years. That brings our average calendar year uh, closer to the true solar year that you could go out in your backyard and if you were careful measure. About 365 days, five hours, 
and uh, 49 minutes. Alexander, what would really happen if we just said, forget it? We're not going to do this leap year thing anymore. Yes, yeah, so we don't have to. We don't have to imagine too much. Uh, calendars used there, there are famous calendars. The ancient Egyptian calendar had a 365 days. That was it. No leap years. But what that means is that ca- uh, holidays that you put on a certain day of a month, let's say Christmas uh, or, or even a harvest holiday like Thanksgiving, would slowly wander through the year. If you think about just having uh, a leap year every four years. That meant if you were to live 80 years, that holiday would wander about uh, 20 days, so most of a month. So even in an individual lifetime, you would see winter seasons, winter holidays start to move towards the spring, and spring holidays start to move uh, towards the winter. So, So how long would it actually take for us, if we cut out the, uh, the leap year, for Christmas Day in St. Louis, which is a winter holiday, to be celebrated with 80 degrees, well, notwithstanding uh, this week's weather, but to be celebrated, which is traditionally something in the summer. Yeah, well, uh, just off the top of my head, you know, it'd be about 20, 20 days every, you know, a month every 120 years or so. And so, um, yeah, you, you, know, you go about three months, you take a couple hundred years. So we wouldn't have to worry about it, but our uh, our grandkids' grandkids might might be upset with us. Hmm. What drew you to this topic? Yeah, so I've always been fascinated by by science and history. So I wrote a uh, this book, A Scheme of Heaven, which is a curious skeptics, I'm going to emphasize skeptics, history of astrology as actually a very important part of the history of science. I myself am a uh, PhD in physics from MIT and work as a data scientist and was fascinated by this question of how we look at data to explain the world and realized that ancient astronomy, astrology, was really very similar to modern data science today. And in order to tell that story, it's really a, a tremendous story of how we look at the stars, how we tell time, and the calendar is a, a huge part of that history. And it's one reason why I love leap years, because it's such a strange, obvious hack in our calendar. But if you look deeply at it, almost the whole history of science unfolds before you. It tells this great, great story about how our calendar was made. Are people all across the world actually taking part in a leap year? To the best of my knowledge, the Gregorian calendar is internationally recognized as, a, as an international civil calendar. But many calendars that people do use, whether for religious reasons or otherwise, do not recognize this leap year and have their own. They march to their own rhythm. Okay, what about leap year babies? I know my sister was almost one. She was born on March 1st. What if you're born on February 29th? When do you get your driver's license if it isn't a leap year? I actually have a cousin who was born on February 29th, and she she chooses when to celebrate her birthday. Sometimes she celebrates it on the 28th. Sometimes she celebrates on the 1st. Um, just a fun thing you get to do when you're a leap year baby. Yeah, but not when you're 21. You're waiting for that first drink. Do you have to wait for March 1st? How does the government (laughs) deal with this? 
Uh, you know, that, that's actually a fascinating question, and I, I do not know. I do not know if they put you on the 28th or the 1st. So when it comes to the Gregorian calendar, uh, business-wise, I see uh, internationally, international business-wise, it would make sense. But when did the whole world decide, is, all right, we'll adopt this calendar that's named after a Catholic pope? That was actually a, a fascinating story because this calendar came about during the scientific revolution and also the, the Protestant Reformation when uh, many countries, Britain notably, wanted to do with the Catholic Church. And so all of the countries accepted it at different times, uh, largely out of spite. So, in fact, Britain and its colonies, notably America, didn't switch over to the Gregorian calendar until the mid-1700s, 1752, uh, almost 200 years after the Catholic countries had. So you have this tremendous mismatch in how different countries are even telling time. So they didn't like each other to begin with, and they can't even agree on what day it is. But But how did Japan and China come to adopt this calendar uh, other countries in Africa that, uh, you know, don't celebrate, you know, I can understand how South America would get it just colonized by uh, a bunch of, of Catholic and Christian uh, explorers and everything. But how did some of the other countries come to adopt it? Yeah, I think the story is you know, largely in the, in the 20th century, a lot of countries, you know, as uh International organizations came to be adopted it as a civil calendar. That doesn't mean that these countries don't have their own uh, their own special calendars. Uh, I think it's interesting that we talk about the adoption of the Gregorian calendar in the Eastern Orthodox countries like Russia and, and Serbia, and they still to this day will celebrate Eastern Christmas on different days because they still use the Julian calendar for those religious holidays. And the, when, the, when the Russian Revolution happened in 1917, it's, of course, in Russia known as the October Revolution. But in the western part of Europe, it was uh, already November. So, yes, many of these changes happened very late. But, but you, your point about business is, is, is a compelling one that really sort of in, with the United Nations and a lot of these international organizations, the Gregorian calendar became the universally adopted civil calendar. I've got uh, another question here, and I'll just ask Captain Paul to hang on real quickly. A professor at Johns Hopkins University is proposing a new calendar. Are you familiar with this one? Well, I know that these uh, people have been tried and continually tried to propose calendars to get rid of the leap year. Yes. And what? how would they be able to do that? Uh, badly is how I would say. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> The, the truth is, is that a calendar is trying to do many things at the same time, and you can't do them all at once. You, a calendar is fundamentally a compromise. It's one reason why I like our current calendar, because it embodies that this, it's a very human construction, that here we are really trying to understand the world, but the universe itself does not fit into our pretty clean notions of time. It would, as much as it would be nice to have an even number of days, in the, Earth's tra- in the Earth's orbit around the sun, it's just not the case. And it's a nice reminder that it's not the case. Now, from many computational points of view, in particular astronomy, it would be wonderful to have a calendar without leap years. 
because leap years just make things complicated when I want to know how many days ago something happened 20 years ago. <laughs> but there are other calendars that this purpose astronomers use a special type of dating system that gets around this problem. But from a civil point of view, I think we're stuck with our calendar because, yes, you can make a calendar that doesn't have some of these hiccups, but at the expense of what? Now you're throwing out essentially, essentially all of our tradition, all of our history. Well, very interesting. Alexander Boxer, thank you so much for joining us and sorting through it. <laughs> Trying my best here. You Have did a, a great wonderful job. wonderful and happy Leap Day. All yeah. right. I love it. Uh, I don't know that anybody's ever said happy Leap Day.